You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. The man we all know today, the one who slides down our chimneys every December 25th and leaves presents under our trees, is something of a historical Frankenstein. Sorry, Frankenstein's monster. In 4th century Greece, for example, there was a Christian bishop named St. Nicholas, who often gave gifts to the poor. After his death, people in the Middle Ages would give presents to children during December as a way to honor him. Over time, other cultures started to develop their own similar figures. England had Father Christmas, the Dutch had Sinterklaas, and the Germans had Woden, a bearded figure most commonly known as the god Odin. But in America, as well as many other places around the world, we have Santa Claus. His fluffy white beard and big red suit are iconic, but many people don't know that at one time, Santa Claus really existed, and he came from Missouri. It was April 4th of 1888, and William and Henrietta Claus of Saline County, Missouri, were ecstatic. They'd just given birth to a bouncing baby boy, but when it came time to fill out his birth certificate, they could only think of one name that would fit their surname. Santa. That's right. Santa Claus had just entered the world. Now, of course, someone named after a figure of joy and goodwill should have inspired the same in people he met growing up. But kids can often be cruel. Claus was picked on a lot as a child because of his name, no doubt earning his tormentors a spot on the naughty list. But he didn't grow up to run a workshop full of elves or steer a sleigh driven by eight magical reindeer. Claus grew up to be a family man and a ditch digger. You see, life got expensive with seven kids and a wife at home, so he worked several jobs to get by. Among them, he worked part-time as a minister, as well as a laborer along the Missouri River. But in 1929, everything changed. One day, he'd been working on the river when he suffered an accident and broke his leg. He was rushed to the hospital, where his name caused quite a stir. Because, honestly, it isn't every day that Santa Claus ends up in the ER, right? Newspapers got wind of the story and published articles about Claus, who was in dire need of a pick-me-up. After all, the sole breadwinner for his large family was now out of work, and so the children who heard about the accident did what they did best when it came to Santa Claus. They wrote him letters. Soon, thousands of letters from all over started to pour in. The recuperating Claus finally embraced his identity and started answering the letters. And it became more than a hobby, too. This was a calling. He grew out his beard and worked for months writing back to every single child. That meant responding to at least 6,000 letters each year. And remember, Santa Claus was poor. He didn't have much money to spend on things like paper and postage. 
For those items, he relied on donations from his town's Chamber of Commerce, everyday Americans looking to help, and even movie star Mae West. She sent him $250 to spend on stamps. But not everything was rosy-cheeked for dear old Mr. Claus. While his name may have encouraged young children to believe in Christmas magic, it also caused him problems in his daily life. Banks often turned him away because they didn't believe that his identity was real. Some people thought that he was mentally ill, and even the post office wouldn't deliver the occasional package to him because they didn't believe Santa Claus really existed. But he did, and he continued to answer letters from children for the next 30 years using his real name. After his wife died in 1944, he remarried four years later, and the new Mrs. Claus filled her role perfectly. She assisted Santa with his letters as he slowly became ill. On April 1st of 1957, Claus passed away three days shy of his 69th birthday. The world may have lost Santa Claus the man, but thanks to his dedication to thousands of children who wrote to him, the spirit of Christmas that he embodied still lives on today. This episode is sponsored by Intuit. Here's a story for you. Once upon a time, a young woman was haunted by the ghosts of bad financial decisions, with credit card debt and an empty savings account looming over her every day. But when she tried to ignore these ghosts, they only grew bigger and scarier, and these ghosts of her bad financial decisions were stopping her from living her best life. So she decided to face them head-on and take control of her finances with help from Intuit. Intuit helps you face your financial fears with confidence through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Many jobs can seem thankless. The restaurant cook making your food or the mechanic fixing your car are all people that we interact with all the time, but we rarely show gratitude for the services they provide. And the same goes for teachers, farmers, and even stay-at-home spouses. But perhaps one of the most unfairly thankless jobs in any industry is that of the lighthouse keeper. Lighthouses signal to ships using bright lights and loud horns that there are shallows and rocky shores nearby. And they don't just warn captains of dangers ahead, either. 
they also help ships navigate in and out of harbors safely. But they wouldn't be able to do any of that without help from the people responsible for their care and maintenance, the lighthouse keepers. A lighthouse keeper does more than just light the lamp. They have to fill the lamp with kerosene each day, trim the wicks to prevent smoking, clean the lens and windows so the light shines brightly, perform basic repairs, and even act as tour guides for visitors. A lighthouse keeper's job is so important, it goes on 24-7 with no sick time and no days off. And because they have to live in the lighthouses at all times, it can get pretty lonely, especially around Christmas. Edward Snow thought so as well. Born in 1902, Snow grew up in Winthrop, Massachusetts, near the shores of Boston Harbor. He came from a nautical family. His grandfather was a sea captain for much of his life, and his mother accompanied him on many voyages. Even Snow got in on the act. After graduating high school, he spent nine years on various ships and oil tankers, learning all that he could about life on the high seas. He wrote 40 books about his travels, one of which became a common sight in many East Coast homes. It was titled, the lighthouses of New England. But after seeing the world for all that time, Snow decided to settle down. He enrolled at Harvard at the age of 27 and accelerated through his courses, graduating after only three years. One month after earning his diploma, he married Anna Merle Haig, a woman that he met during a trip to Montana. Together, they moved back to Massachusetts and built a life there. Snow took up teaching at Winthrop High School, and it was there that he met a young man named Bill Winkapaw Jr., Bill was a student whose father did something nice for the lighthouse keepers and their families every Christmas. He flew overhead and dropped presents from above. He was dubbed the Flying Santa. Snow was only too happy to help, especially as Bill's father included more lighthouses each year. Even Bill himself had to pitch in. He was the youngest licensed pilot in the state at only 16 years old. So Mr. Winkapaw would fly his plane north while Edward and Bill Jr. would fly along the southern New England coast, dropping presents down to lighthouse keepers below. After several years, however, the Winkapaws could no longer perform their yearly task. Who would step up and become Flying Santa now? Why, Edward Snow, of course. Snow couldn't fly his own plane, though, so he and his family would charter a plane, load it up with dolls and toys and copies of his books, and do the whole route themselves. He even put on a red Santa suit and fake beard for those occasions. After his daughter was born, she went with them. Every flight was an experience she described as bumpy, rough, and scary. Snow didn't take any money or donations to finance these trips. Everything was paid for out of his own pocket. And when the plane had to refuel, he would come out and meet with the lighthouse keepers and their families. It was in their smiles and gratitude that he saw how important his yearly pilgrimage was to them especially to the children. Snow died in 1982 and only missed a single Christmas flight in the 45 years that he delivered presents. His one off year was 1942, while World War II was happening. So, you know, a very valid excuse. Today, his legacy lives on thanks to the Friends of Flying Santa, who fly helicopters to lighthouses all over New England. They continue the tradition started by the Winkapaws and Edward Snow, delivering joy and Christmas cheer to the men and women who keep the harbors lit all year round. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. 
I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.